Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 89 of the Curtain Call Podcast, a production of the Yes Network. He is Yes Network president of production and programming and executive producer John J. Filippelli. I'm Justin Shackle, producer Dan Bassone with us for the entire ride as well. If you're already not doing so, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss the latest episode. John, very special guest this week, and you uh, you went into the Rolodex. You pulled this one out. He's he's hard to he's hard to track down here, but he has a new book coming out, so maybe he was easy to find for you. I'm not sure. Uh, Jack Curry, yes, analyst, New York Times bestselling author, is our guest this week, and a book on a subject that I am particularly fond of. That's the 1998 New York Yankees, John. What an incredible team! Uh, I'm not through the book. I've started to read it. I've I've read about three pages, but they are, I'm enthralled by these three pages. <laughs> I really am. I think this is going to be. Maybe his best work. And he's written some, this would be, let's see, three times now he's been on the New York Times bestseller list. That's amazing. Seven Emmy Awards. He's been in the business uh, 14 years with Yes and 20 years before that with the New York Times. So his his credentials are long and distinguished. Uh, He's a very talented man and a very nice man. And uh, thank you for taking the time this morning to, uh, as we record this, to uh, uh, talk about the 1998 team, the current Yankee team, and a lot of things that are going around in baseball, Jack. Hey, Flip. Hey, Justin, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Flip, thank you for that intro, other than the part that you've only read three pages. I'm disappointed in that. I need you to at least log three chapters by the next time I see you. I promise, Jack. I, I only spent 45 seconds, so I'm a speed reader. So, but but I will get to it, I promise. I'm looking for I'm really excited by it because I, I know I know a lot about that team. Uh, I produced that World Series that year, the Yankees. Um, it's great. Yankees, Yankees sweep uh, in San Diego. Uh, but it was an amazing World Series and uh, a great team. So I'm very excited to read the book. I appreciate it. I tried to recreate that season, but also obviously go behind the scenes and find out some things that people didn't know. And I think people will be, they'll find some compelling information in there because I interviewed virtually every player from that team and Jeter to Posada to Tino to Coney to Paul O'Neill and even Homer Bush up and down the line. And it was interesting, Flip. They spoke the way you just spoke about the team and the way Justin referenced the team. First of all, everyone's surprised it was 25 years, but there's a real pride about these Yankee players that they were part of a team that many consider the best team of all time. And that's what we have on the cover of the book, because I think it was the best team of all time. Uh, the 1998 Yankees, the inside story of the greatest baseball team ever is the full title. It is uh, out May 2nd. And Jack, I, I know you were there on the ground virtually every day covering this team. So I, I was wondering, like, what is something new that you learned about this team from working on the book? Well, Brian Cashman was riveting when I spoke to him about the 98 season and That was his first season as GM. He didn't want the job. was offered the job because Bob Watson resigned. Bob Watson had had enough. He and George had clashed. Bob Watson had some health issues. It was best for him to walk away. So Cashman recreated the entire scene of his interview with Steinbrenner, which I found fascinating because George said to him, I could recycle someone else. I could go out and get someone who's done this job, but I've been told you're ready for this job. Do you want to take the job? Cashman said he didn't want it, but he was smart enough not to turn it down. Then they got to contract talks, and Brian said, how about we just do a one-year contract? Because Brian wanted an out. If this was absolute misery, he wanted to be able to walk away after a year. And then the next thing, guys, that Cashman told me was, 
First West Coast trip. It's famous how the Yankees got off to a poor start. George pulled Cashman off the road. Imagine this. You're the, you're the brand new GM. You're excited about being on the road with the team. And George was already looking for someone to blame. And Brian became that person. So Cashman gets on a flight back to New York, not even knowing if he was going to have a job when he landed. Corey did a really cool thing. They finally win their first game. Brian's back home. Corey had the lineup card, had everybody sign it, and he wrote to Cashman, number one, the first of many. And how symbolic is that when they go on to win 125 games? And that lineup card is actually at Yankee Stadium in the Yankee Museum. So, Justin, I have to be honest with you. I was around the team. I didn't know 90% of what I just told you. So there's a lot of nuggets like that in the book that I think people will find appealing. That's pretty awesome. Um, I, I didn't know that it was in the Yankee Museum. Interesting. J John, what a... What sticks out to you when you think back to to ninety eight? Because it's obviously you know it set up uh, two more championships. It came after uh, a heartbreaking end to the ninety seven season. From your perspective, from TV production, from that angle, what what stood out to you from the ninety eight Yankees? Well, a couple of things. Uh, there's, there's an editorial point though that I I want to make about that team that I what I find fascinating, and I consider myself. Uh, sort of a minor historian uh, of the game, and I, I love the game, and I love to study it. I love its patterns and its history, and uh, uh, that might might have been. And it's hard to say because it's hard to compare errors and, and different it's you know teams team. and things. But but uh, that team, that '98 team, it, that team had no weaknesses, none. I mean, when you go back and you look at it, you, you want to check some boxes: starting pitching in abundance, middle relievers. Some of the best who ever pitched in the game, middle relievers, left-handed specialists, right-handed specialists, closer, greatest ever, ever, ever played. So you've got pitching, total pitching. You had hitting, you had clutch hitting, you had power hitting, you had guys who could get on base. You Everybody played defense. You had three or four guys coming off the bench. I mean, you, you had Hall of Famers coming off the bench. People got players who wound up in the Hall of Fame. You know, Tim Raines wound up in the Hall of Fame and, you know, came, came right, came off the bench. And I mean, it's remarkable what, the, what that team was. Even a pitcher and Homer Bush, you mentioned, great speed, great pinch runner, you know, and, uh, and that's what his job was, a pinch run, play a little D late in the game. Did a terrific job of that, too. They were just stacked. There were no weaknesses. They had depth everywhere. Uh, they could beat you so many different ways. It was, in many ways, a perfect team. Flip, it's interesting you say that. I had a conversation with Coney yesterday about the 98 Yankees, and he repeated a lot of what you said. And you said Reigns coming off the bench, Hall of Famer. Strawberry should have been a Hall of Famer, also coming off the bench. Their starting rotation, and I know we don't focus on wins and losses anymore, but their starting rotation was 79 and 35. They led the majors in runs scored. They led the American League in fewest runs allowed. According to baseball reference, they led baseball in defense, defensive efficiency. They had a 300, they had a 309 run differential, which was the highest since the 1939 Yankees. When they led after eight innings, their record was 120 and one. And I think when you talk about best of all time, there has to be dominance. And that's why, that's why to me that this team stands above because of some of those numbers I just mentioned, some of the facts that you just mentioned. They were totally dominant. Jack, in 1998, were you 
were you on the beat or did you advance to columnist at that yeah point? i was uh i was actually a national beat writer at that point my final i'm sorry national baseball writer my final year on the yankee beat was 1997 but if you're a national baseball writer at the times at least at that time you covered the biggest stories so the yankees were one of the biggest stories I still did McGuire and Sosa stories. In fact, I was in St. Louis when McGuire hit his 62nd. But I spent a lot of time around that team, Justin, because they were just rampaging over teams and dominating teams. So was there a point in the season where maybe the the beat writers, obviously you being there a lot, was there a point where you all kind of just started to discuss amongst yourselves like, hey, this is something that's really special going on? For me, it was the halfway point because – we, we all have our our points in the season where you want to evaluate a team. So 81 games into the season, they're 61 and 20. And they are not just beating teams. They are humiliating teams. And as Flip said, there's not a weakness anywhere. So you start to say to yourself, who's going to get in this team's way? Who, who's going to slow them down? And one of my favorite things that I did for this book, the large majority of the quotes in this book and the statements and the comments are from Yankee people. But I wanted to get some outside perspective. So I sat down with Jason Varitek last season at Yankee Stadium, and he was the Red Sox rookie catcher in 98. And I asked him to go through the Yankee lineup with me. And guys, I am not lying to you. I felt his angst and his frustration all over again because he was talking about trying to get guys out. And he said, oh, Knobloch, total pest, a gnat of an at-bat, just wouldn't give in on anything. Jeter, you couldn't find a spot to get Jeter out. He said, if you had a pitcher who had a good sinker and could throw it in under his hands, you might be able to get him out there. He said, but how many, how many guys have that pitch? And he kept going down the lineup. And as much of a perfectionist as Varitek was, and he was a champion with the Red Sox, I could tell that it was a nightmare for a rookie trying to figure out how to get that lineup out. If you, uh, you went back and looked at history, and the 19, 1998 Yankees are considered by many to be the, the greatest team ever for the reasons that we've just talked about. What, what team would you rank to, number two? 27 Yankees would be number two. I think I'd have the 1939 Yankees, number three. And I think I'd have the 75 or 76 Red Sox in the top five as well. And Flip, I, I lay that all out, even though you've only read three pages. Yeah. I lay that all out in the book. And we go with statistical info. We go with um, historians. I spoke to John Thorne, who was Major League Baseball's official historian. Sure. He told me that he would rank the 98 Yankees as the best. And he talked about a lot of the things that we just talked about. And I think we all have to preface this by saying, when you're evaluating generation to generation, it's difficult, if not impossible, to pick the best. But we live in a world where we, we think we we pick the best everything. You want the top 10 pizzas in New York? Here you go. Best steakhouses in the country? Here you go. Why can't we talk about who the best is? And I am not in any way trying to say to anyone else, hey, your team wasn't better, but it, it, it felt important enough for me to write this book that I think this team was the best. I don't disagree with you. I, I you know, I... When you when you told me and you told me some time ago that you were uh, you were writing this and uh, we talked a little bit about it and I I thought about it some as well and I said is that the is ninety eight the greatest team I've seen and I went back and forth I mean I honestly I know the nineteen ninety six team won't rank with the ninety eight team but it was, they they had a really good team in ninety six too a lot of great play a lot of those players were there the, the Yankees had uh, 
That would that would would have been the Yankees' second win in that in their dynasty. In that yes. dynasty, because '96 was one that would have been the second one. So amazing, amazing team, amazing players. Um, we'll fast forward a little bit. Let's go. To, let's go to where we are today. As as we record this, uh, the Yankees are you know out of the gate, and uh, you know they they've they've been winning the series. You know they had their first setback over the weekend as we as we record this. Uh, Toronto took the series two out of three. And uh, the and then the Yankees lost to Minnesota. They lost the series there too. So they lost two series in succession, and that was a little bit of a little bit of a gut punch. But the Yankees uh, rebounded, start to rebound uh, as we record this. And uh, how do you see how do you see the, the season so far? Surprises? What do you see? What do you like? What do you think the Yankees need to work on? Put some perspective to it. Judge uh, Cole has been all world. I think Cole is pitching as well right now as he ever has as a Yankee. I think the pitch clock has helped him. I think he's always been a thinking man's pitcher on the mound. I think he still is, but I think the pitch clock sort of forces you to get your thoughts in order. I think he and Trevino are on an unbelievable page. Volpe is legit. The Yankees made the right choice in giving him that job. Uh, his at-bats, he has an advanced hitting approach. Uh, I love his confidence in himself. Judge, as you say, Flip, as we're taping this, he left the game last night with a hip injury, so the Yankees are hopeful that that is a minor issue. I think that we've seen Judge be judged for a good part of this early season, but he also had a spell where he was seven for 42. I think the injuries have been problematic because it's forced them to have a lineup where quite often the six through nine in the bottom of the order, production-wise and statistics-wise, is among the worst in the in the majors. I think their bullpen has been very good. It's been solid. It's helped carry them. But when you go with a five-man rotation where Cole and Nestor are really the only two guys who you can rely on for length, you're, you're taxing that bullpen. So, Flip, I think they're they're 15 and 11 right now. The Rays are off to an amazing start, but they, they haven't run so that it's a 10-game lead. I think the Yankees are trying to play well for the next few weeks until they get Severino back and Rodon back and Stanton back and Bader and we can evaluate them better when we see a more complete team. As as again, as we record this, the Yankees are six are six out. Uh, Tampa Bay is uh, twenty one and five, uh, seven and three in their last ten. So that the just incredible start. Just cooled off just a little bit in the last ten, a little bit. Uh, the Orioles are uh, three and a half out in second place, uh, and they're nine and one in their last ten. And that's the Orioles now. Okay. That they've come really far. I mean, you saw it last year. Seeing you're seeing the more progression this year. Um, they took the approach down in Baltimore that the Houston Astros took in building their ball club. You know, they had a couple of really miserable years, and uh, they were willing to take the miserable years in exchange for picking really high in the draft. And you have you, you have to be fortunate. Not only you have to pick high, but you've got to be able to get the right talent. And the Orioles seem like they're locking in on a lot of right talent. A lot of these young kids are coming through for them now. So at Toronto, Toronto has got a is, a is got a beast of a team. I mean, that is some, especially offensively, they've got some ball club. So you look at that, and you see Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Toronto, the Yankees, and even Boston. I mean, Boston is going to a bad start, but they're thirteen and thirteen now. So where's the weakness in the American League East? I don't see it anywhere. No, it's a, it's a tough division, and with that with that lead that Tampa has, even though I said they didn't run away in terms of having a ten game lead over the Yankees. When you put yourself in that position, statistically, things are just going to work in your favor. It's going to be hard for someone to catch the Rays. And I think there's a lot of confidence in what that team is doing. I've been very surprised by their offense. 
I know Tampa is also always the little team that could. That's kind of how I describe them. But their offense has been terrific this year. So you're right. The AL East, it's it's going to be a gauntlet for the Yankees all season long. How does Tampa Bay have a ninety a plus ninety six run differential? They beat up on some bad teams early on. They played the A's, the Tigers, and the Nats, but they they've continued to play well even as their schedule has gotten a little more difficult. Yeah, really good, very well balanced team. It's a very good organization, Tampa Bay. They have a good organization. They're in it every year, and uh, they have players who know their roles. They have a manager who's an excellent manager. Cash is a terrific manager. Good organization. You know, they they acquire players that fit what they're trying to do. Not everybody can fit what Tampa Bay wants to do. Not every player wants to do that. Uh, but they look for players who will fit that organization, play their roles, and they, and everybody has a part to play. They let them play their parts. They don't over. They don't over over anything. They just uh, they they just know baseball and they know how to play it. Something that I really paid attention to before the season started with the AL East was how much depth every team had, and I felt like depth was a question mark for each team. And I know a lot can change in just a week. So we're only three and a half weeks into the season. We could be having a very different discussion even two weeks from now. But in terms of depth within the division, Jack, John, both of you here, where where would you say the Yankees are at compared to the other teams, the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Orioles? It's a great question, Justin, because they, their depth has been tested. And, and we're seeing that in what I referenced earlier. Sometimes you look at that six, seven, eight, nine, and the order – and you say to yourself, this lineup would be so much better if the Yankees had their, quote, A team out there right now. The Yankees made some trades last year where they lost some of their high-level minor league starting pitching talent. So they don't have those spots now. So someone like Johnny Brito has been fast-forwarded to the major leagues. And he's shown glimpses of being able to handle it and looking like he could be here and, and be someone who could be a back-end-of-the-rotation guy. But... Would he be here right now if they hadn't made some of those trades last year? Probably not. I, I think Schmidt and Herman are two pitchers who they were counting on to be depth pitchers in the starting rotation. And Herman has actually been Jekyll and Hyde. There are times where you see that stuff and you see that curveball and you say, wow, this, this, this is the guy who won 18 games. Schmidt, big test tonight. As we're taping this, he goes against the Rangers tonight. DeGrom is on the hill for Texas. So, what are you going to get out of Schmidt? His last outing, he was very solid. But I, I do think that you you raise a great point, Justin, when injuries are going to be part of everything you do. So it's not just the best 26 who's going to win a division. It's probably the best 40 or 45 who you need to have ready to go. I, I think I find the Yankees fascinating on a couple of levels. Uh, you know, they wanted to get younger. And I, they, they've got a, a number of young players now on the, on the roster. I mean, they've got Peraza, they've got Volpe, they've got, uh, you know, uh, Cabrera, uh, all seeing significant time. Volpe now is the, is the, is the regular shortstop. He, he, I mean, I started off slowly, but you know what? Even when he wasn't hitting per se, you saw like his analytical approach to hitting. You saw how he could work counts, how he'd get on base, how he used his speed to steal bases and and then you know and set up runs. Uh, you saw him play really excellent defense, shortstop. There was there's a lot of things he was giving you. He wasn't hitting for average per se, but he was giving you other things. Now he's starting to swing the bat much better, and uh, he's here to stay. He he's a big leaguer. Not, not he's a big leaguer. He he's an all star. I mean, he's going to be at some point an all star. He's got a lot of talent, so it looks like that's 
that move is working out really well for the Yankees. But, they're, you know, again, the starting pitching, they've been able to kind of spackle some things together. It'd be interesting to see what happens when when they get some arms back that they're really counting on in the long run. That's going to that, that's gonna make, make or break the Yankees in terms of what they do in the division. You know, because everybody seems like it's going to come out of that division. You know, obviously you have a division winner, but a bunch of wild cards are going to come out of there too. Because I, mean, I can't, because they're all good teams. Baltimore's playing well. Uh, Toronto uh, uh, is obviously terrific, and the Yankees are playing, you know, reasonably well. And, and you look behind them, and Boston is, you know, not it's the different five hundred. So that division is is just is is a, is a bellwether. It just it is. It's it's a strong division, you know. And the Yankees uh, every day are going to face tough competition. That makes you stronger. It also wears you down when you don't get a respite in the schedule. So the Yankees are going to have their hands full here. Speaking of the schedule, from April 18th to June 1st, Yankees have two off days. Wow. So, I mean, every every team has that one grueling stretch of their schedule. For the Yankees this season, it comes at the, at the very beginning of the season. So, uh, Jack, thanks so much for coming on. One more as, before we let you go. The 1998 Yankees, the inside story of the greatest baseball team ever. Who gave you the most dirt? <laughs> the most dirt. I will say the most interesting interviews. Cohn's always great, so let's put him off to the side. Posada was fantastic. He caught Wells' perfect game in May. He was great talking about the brawl they had with the Orioles in May after Benitez hit Tina Martinez. And I thought Jeter was terrific. We've all seen Jeter's documentary post-retirement, and I thought I got a much more relaxed Jeter uh, talking to me about what was going on with the team. Awesome, Jack. Uh, May 2nd, the book comes out again. The 1998 Yankees, the inside story of the greatest baseball team ever written, of course, by Jack Curry. Does a great job on the Yes Network and, of course, the New York Times bestselling author. He's done that three times now, and I would bet the house that it'll be a fourth with this book coming out. Jack, thanks so much for taking the time here. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Flip. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jack. You're the best. Thank you. See you, guys. Bye-bye, Jack. All right, John, big question for you. When are you going to read page four? Um, you know, it was a page turner for me because I went from one to two to three. So <laughs> I did. But, you know, I wanted to read more. I just, to, I just picked it up. You know, I just got it. I just, I wanted to start reading it. I, I, I started reading it. I started, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to love it. I, I lived it, so I'm going to really enjoy it. I just haven't been able to, you know, my life is crazy and I haven't been able to read any more than that, but I, I promise I'll read it. I'll get to page four probably sometime tonight and hopefully I can tag on a few more. You know, it's Jackson that we're going to let go of this. So I've got, I've got to make sure I read it now. I, I totally get it because I, I, and I, and we just talked on the, the Yankee schedule right now. There have been no off days. Like I, I center a lot of my, uh, you know, doing laundry, uh, cleaning, paying the bills, reading books around those off days. There haven't been many. So um, this is definitely something that I am looking forward to. I started it um, a couple chapters in. And I mean, look, I was I was 10 years old in 1998 watching this team. I went to David Wells's perfect game. Uh, I fell in love with the Yankees because of 1996. I, I started watching every day in 97. So you can imagine by the time 1998 rolled around and through that year, what it was like summer of 98, you have the home run chase going on in the National League, but then you just have this team of absolute dominance going about it in the American League. And 
every day it was a pounding of the opponent. And uh, it just let, I think it really left an impression on people my age. Obviously, it's a, a fortunate time, those late 90s when you're a Yankee fan. So if if those years mean anything to you, and they should, uh, this is definitely the book for you. John, we were talking with Jack about the current Yankees, though. Ruling schedule, I think depth is uh, a concern at this point offensively. The balance between making sure those younger players, the Volpes, Peraza's, Cabrera's, they get their reps. They need them. They're invaluable. Yes. But the balance of that versus surrounding them with the, and the other six port, uh, points in the lineup with players who have track records of providing something. There are too many people, in my opinion, who don't have that track record right now. And that track record could be, hey, consistent 240 hitter. And that may be enough. But the track record surrounding the young kids outside of what spots one through four, not there right now. No, no, it's not. It's going to take time to build that. It's going to take time to find it, to, to nurture it. And the Yankees just have to be patient. I mean, the the, the answers are not immediate for them. That they still got to, they've got to get reinforcements back. They've got to get players back. Uh, and you can't you can't really make trades this time of year. Teams are very reluctant to trade this time of year. And you know, and then the minor leagues. I mean, if anybody who is going to really help them is probably here right now. There's a reason that everybody else is where they are. So, I I think the Yankees have to be patient. They have to play this through. They have to tread a little water right now. Have to tack on as many wins as they can, tread some water for a break or two, and understand that they're not going to be uh, they're not going to make up six games in, in you know in, in two days. It just doesn't happen in three days or four days or five. Not happening. So they have to be patient, play it out, and. And, uh, you know, and, and, and just get stronger. Get players back who really matter to them. There's quite a few of them out there that, that do matter quite a bit to them. So get them back. Let, let them start playing. And the Yankee team will take on a different year than you, H-U-E, than not Y-O-U, yet you. They got a different you. And, and and I really think that they will. Uh, I, I mean, I like the Yankees this year. You know, I said going in, though, I remember I kept saying Toronto. And Toronto team worries me a great deal. I, I didn't see Tampa Bay per se, but, but they're right there, obviously, now. and They've got a, a little bit of a lead on, on uh, Toronto, but but that's a, a very collapsible lead. I think it's going to be a great race for a lot of different reasons, and these teams are very evenly matched in the American League. It's extremely evenly matched. Going to put a feather in the cap because I did say that the Rays – not the Blue Jays. We're going to finish second in the American League East. Uh, I, I may have that order wrong. Tampa Bay could end up winning the division, but I thought the Rays were were for real. I also like this aspect. Talking about that grueling schedule, again, two off days between what April? Let me look at it really quick. April 18th and June 1st. They only have two off days there. I asked Aaron Boone. I asked uh, Mike Harkey, the bullpen coach, like. When would you rather have that grueling part of the schedule? They they did not say at the beginning of the season because you still have pitchers, especially getting stretched out. So that's the tough aspect of it. But I think if you get it out of the way, and when you look at what June provides, I mean, they there's at least six or seven off days in June. So if you can, like you said, tread water between now and June 1st, I think the schedule becomes very friendly for you the rest of the way. This is a really tough part of the schedule, probably the toughest part of the season for the Yankees. So if they come out here uh, a little bit over 500, I think they could be in good shape 
for the rest of the way, even with all the problems that we're seeing right now. Anything else before we land the plane this week, John? I want to talk a little bit about, well, we could do that. Let the season take form. I mean, we've, we've got a lot of baseball left to play. We've been talking about the Yankees. We'll continue to talk about the Yankees, and we'll get to everybody else because there's some really good stories in the game right now, and there's so, so really a lot of teams struggling. Uh, you know, Seattle's starting to come into form now, starting to, you know, starting to play better, better. You know, you've got the you've got the Arizona playing really well in the West and nationally. There's a number of good baseball stories out there and uh, some interesting players. I mean, we'll get to that. I, I, uh, why don't we tackle that uh, on our next curtain call? Sounds good. I think this is perfect. Centered around a, a great book with a great individual who wrote it, Jack Curry. Lots of Yankee talk this week. And uh, again, look out for Jack's book. It's coming out next week, May the 2nd, the 1998 Yankees, the inside story of the greatest baseball team Ever. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Curtain Call. For John J. Filippelli, for our great producer, Dan Bassone, I'm Justin Shackle. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That way you never miss the latest episode. All right, John, say goodbye. Say goodbye. Bye-bye. Take care, everybody.